Hello and welcome to another episode of Sips with Jer, Lair, and Care. I am Karen Litzy and I am joined by Larry Benz and Jerry Durham. And on behalf of all of us, I'd like to wish everyone a very happy new year. And of course, in the beginning of the year, you sort of see this a lot uh, in a lot of different industries. Everybody's making predictions and talking about what they hope will happen in 2015. And I think uh, here in the physical therapy world, we are no different. So in the next 30 minutes, we are going to talk about our predictions and our wishes for the profession of physical therapy. And Larry actually wrote a nice blog post over at Evidence in Motion on this subject. So if you haven't read it yet, when the show is over, feel free to hop over onto Evidence in Motion and uh, read that blog post. We're going to be talking a lot about uh, some of the things in that blog post today. And I know there's also been a lot of talk on Twitter about the... Uh, the role of the APTA and membership in the APTA. So if we have time, we'll touch upon that. If not, again, it's only 30 minutes. So if not, we'll try and maybe hit on that uh, topic next time. So I'm going to sort of throw it over to Jerry first. And uh, let's kind of uh, hear what you think your predictions are and your wishes are for, for the profession of physical therapy. Well, I think there are probably more wishes than predictions. Um, we could talk a little bit about where we see things going. You know, I I still think, and I read an article last, I've read three or four articles over the last couple of days regarding insurance and the consumer is going to be king in, in 2015. I don't think they'll be king in 2015, but I think they're going to, the healthcare consumers, I like to call them, or customer, they're going to demand more, and we could say more value from healthcare. That's going to be a big thing in 2015. And so we're going to have to be ready to deliver. And what that means is we're going to have to be ready to speak to our healthcare consumer about what we bring <coughs> to the world and what we bring to um to what they want and the big thing I notice is sorry my nose is itchy um, we need to bring to them in their own words I see a lot of things I've seen postings over the last couple of days I've seen people sharing information and my biggest wish is that we learn how to speak the language of the customer and your customer is the person who's calling to do business with you the customer is your referral sources and your customer could be the insurance company uh, potentially. And so you need to have a different conversation with all three of those groups. And so my wish is for 2015 that we really learn about our individual customers and what value they see in us and have the appropriate conversation with them. Because to be honest, having the, having the downstream savings costs with a referral provider about sending them to us first, I think is, is it's just a shot in the dark. We got to talk about to the referral source what we give to them. We give them more appropriate patients. We give them less, you know, less return visits. We free up their time. So things like that. That that's where I see the customers keen going. Is they're going to be asking a boatload of questions, and we all know we're all saying we're ready, but man, we got to be ready to answer them in their language. Okay. So 
you know, and, and that's my love is dealing with the customer side. So, okay, Larry. Well, I'll use uh, Jerry's uh, point to transition. Um, I wrote a blog post on predictions and PT. So rather than, you know, repeat them, I'd kind of like to reflect on a year ago where we were at. We had, uh, although healthcare, uh, you know, reform and Obamacare, ACA has been going on in terms of being taxed and stuff for now a number of years. It really has only been in effect what amounts to a year. And a year ago, we had bad weather the first quarter, and we also had patients that were confused and had high deductibles, and they suddenly found themselves being insured, but not really, because their deductibles were 1000 2,500, 5,000. They were asking questions and many of them delayed, frankly, physical therapy and the industry took sort of a beating in the first quarter, at least the first couple of months. And then it came back with a vengeance. You can only delay rehab so long. And the recidivism and the complications from that proved to be too ineffective. And in fact, I think last year was one of the best banner months for an industry that's on an outpatient basis, about $27 billion. I think it was a very, very good year for PTs. But if I was looking at more higher level predictions, Healthcare is not all of a sudden going to be lost in the news. It, it, it just is the topic. And I think right, wrong, or indifferent, President Obama's legacy, uh, both right, wrong, and indifferent, is going to go down with ACA or what is now known as Obamacare. Um, I think the beginnings of what we're seeing, both the good, the bad, and the ugly, are coming out. And the fact of the matter is that while there's been states that have expanded, and that's a good thing that more people have coverage and there's many states. Kentucky is the state that I live in. It's been one of the more proactive. Our governor jumped clearly on the bandwagon. We have a lot more people covered by, by insurance and it's absolutely fantastic. Our health uh, safety net hospitals are doing very, very well. And that's a good thing. And I'm proud of that as a Kentuckian. Um, I will tell you though that the disadvantages are starting to be shown. And the fact of the matter is healthcare costs have not gone down. They've not even come anywhere close. You and I and everybody probably that are listening to this or will be are paying more for health insurance than we've ever paid. And so the intent of ACA, when it was known as the Affordable Care Act, was to bring down the cost to the masses, and it hasn't. And the reason it hasn't is the fundamental problems with cost structure have not been addressed. Big Pharma has not taken any headaches in this. Nonprofit hospitals have not taken any hits in this. In fact, they've been subsidized and they've employed physicians now. And all of the cost studies show that that increases the cost of healthcare, does not decrease. So, this whole idea of large, vertically integrated systems will take out the fat and decrease costs in healthcare is not at any stretch of the imagination uh, has, has helped. Um, you see some things about Medicare readmission rates. You see a few other pilot projects, but those are a drop in the bucket in the big picture of healthcare. Now, how does that relate to physical therapy? We are truly becoming, because of high deductibles, not because of our advertising, <coughs> or anything else, we are truly becoming the people's choice. We're relied on for advice. We're relied on in direct access. And we are truly becoming a, a partner in people's healthcare. Now, is it enough? Of course not. It needs to go further and further. But um, the, the credit that goes to this is the people in the trenches, the physical therapists who are becoming a personal and a family physical therapist to many people, articles that come out in the press on the importance of their relationship with their therapist. All of those things are saying, you know, a little bit of money spent for conservative care is saving some other things. And, and uh, while I agree with Jerry related to the referral source, and that's a whole different value proposition, what are we truly supplying to them and to the system at large? It's very clear that we're having very good success with the, uh, with the consumer 
broadly speaking, it needs to get better. And, and I think I addressed the other uh, predictions that I've had. I'll just address one real quickly, if you don't mind. And that is that we always get in January up anger and demand around Medicare. The fact of the matter is Medicare is four or five billion dollars of an industry that's 27 billion dollars. And it's a small percentage of our overall picture, but we paid way too much attention to it. We're all too affected for it. We've got new PQRS requirements. We've got new this and new that and new that. And all of the national organizations and everybody's going to having seminars about how to comply and what to do and Medicare. And now you've got to do this. And now you've got to do that. And that kind of stuff just absolutely drives me nuts. All it amounts to is a, is a decrease in reimbursement. Um, you're going to see a lot of practices, some of mine included, who are going to say to hell with it, we'll take the 2% penalty. You know, if third-party clearinghouses are going to charge us, you know, five bucks a patient or whatever a patient, that's 1% of our cost. The other percent is just administrative fees. We're going to say to hell with it. Give us a 2% reduction. That's easier than complying with these stupid rules that they have. All right, so... So you're saying it would be, you'd rather take the 2% uh, reduction from, by not being in network with, or not accepting Medicare. No, you accept Medicare, but you don't comply to all these different PQRS requirements for the non agencies. Okay, okay, got it, got it. And I know something that, um, I, that was mentioned at the New York State conference that you were at and that I was at in November. And then I heard it again on um, one of my on-campus days when I was getting my DPT was the sort of third-party payers that are coming in for, I guess, Medicare and for, uh, or not Medicare, but for um, workers' comp and for other insurance companies. And so what can the PT profession do to not have those? Is it possible to not have those third parties? Is that something we as a profession can address? Or is that just the way it is? You know, I, I'm not 100% sure I'm tracking with you. I think what you might be referring to these middlemen. Yeah, the middlemen. Yeah. yeah. So what happens is these specialty benefit folks, you know, the, 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 the ortho nuts of the world. Yes. And landmarks and these other groups and in fact in particular i was reading where washington state and california are really starting to get hit with what we've been hit as you well know in new york and mm -hmm. in other parts uh, those those are going to get more use i wrote extensively about that many times that's going to become more and more popular because there's a margin in there there is cost in there now that doesn't reduce the overall cost because the way the specialty benefit managers work is they get paid essentially as an incentive to reduce costs. So they, they only take away from you and pay to themselves, uh, you know, the ACNs of the world. Mm -hmm. And um, that's going to become more popular because there's a roll-up in it. There's a consolidation. One call is one of the largest in it. They've consolidated the industry, and they have to get paid back by, by being more and more popular. So the fundamental question, though, that you're asking is – you. PTs have to fight. You have to, you have to go. And, and in Kentucky, one of the things we did was we started appealing every denial. So when a benefit manager comes in and says, we're just going to arbitrarily, due to range of motion or due to not enough documentation, we're going to denial. There's a denials and appeals process, and it's a pain in the neck, but, but, but do it. And you do that enough times, and they'll get on those middlemen. But I think overall, the fundamental issue is do you accept low-paying contracts? And if you do that, the middlemen go away. And, 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 and um, the antidote to the middlemen is don't play their game, 
most notoriously by accepting contracts. And, and we're starting to see a pretty good micro trend in PT of private practices that are just saying hell with it. We're not going to accept that. Jerry, what about you? I mean, you're in California. Do you, what are you seeing with your practice? As of January 1st, I'm out of network with every single insurance provider in the world. Um, you know, we stopped taking, uh, we will deal with each workers' comp group individually. <coughs> we'll deal with each workers' comp group individually. Um, you know, we check everybody's benefits. So, and we have a pay, you know, we have a cost that needs to, needs to be met. And that's what we base everything on. That's, uh, currently, like I said, I'm doing all the intake calls. So I deal with every single customer coming in the door. And I have dealt with every single benefits callback since, uh, what, since uh, November, late November, uh, November 14th, actually. So these are the conversations I'm having. And this is what I was talking about earlier about people asking questions. So I went on a tangent a little bit, but yeah, we're out of network with everybody. So I'm not taking any of that shit. And I agree with Larry. And last night I actually had a discussion with the local PT group that's shutting down in March after a year and a half. They just weren't prepared for all the contracts to go as low. And I told them, I told them, I told them it took more courage to close their clinic than it did anything else because that meant they didn't just go sign the bullshit contracts that everybody else was signing. And they're actually doing more good for the profession by just saying, you know, screw it and closing their doors. And it was very unfortunate. It's a, it's not a double-edged sword because they just decided they couldn't do it. And I'm glad to see they didn't try to solve a long-term problem with a short-term solution. So I think more people are getting it. They have to, you know, more people need to, I think I don't let a week go by without talking about Jeff Hathaway, but more people need to listen to about what Jeff Hathaway is doing and know how to deal with certain groups and things like that and get paid what we should get paid, not the lowest common denominator. And Jerry, you had said um, when we started about sort of having conversations with your customers, whether they be the patients, the insurance companies, um, or whatnot. So when you're having conversations with your customers, what kind of questions are they asking? <coughs> And what are you? What sort of information are you able to give so that the listeners can kind of get an idea of sort of what you're what you're saying? All that and all that. Do you think you can so guess that a little bit? We put it no. Can you shrink it down to like a post. Um. Yeah, we spend our time and energy because you know my belief and anybody who's heard me talk, you got to. The moment you answer the phone, you got to start selling the value of what it is you're doing because I'm going to turn around and tell them it's going to cost them more to come see me than it is to see someone down the street. So the conversation is about selling the value that I bring in my PT clinic versus someone else in town. And so by the time I do that benefit call back in about 48 hours, they at least have something buried in their head about the value of staying with me versus... Um, versus saying, you know what, that's too expensive and going in network. And I got people all over the board right now. Okay. I got people staying and going. I got people who won't stay for a $10 difference. I got people who stay for a $175 difference per visit. So it's, it's all over the board. And I'm still trying to figure out the right conversation. 
Got it. Because I think that's important to know for other PTs who are in private practice who might be thinking of doing the same thing, who might say, you know, I've, it's just this is too much and I'm overwhelmed, so I'm transitioning to an out-of-network model. Yeah, and I've had a lot of discussions with people regarding that and trying to help them head that direction. It's, um, you got to treat it, it's a business. It's a business that supplies physical therapy. And if we don't treat it that way, and I tweeted last night, someone said something about healthcare and uh, healthcare and business are becoming, you know, synonymous. I said, no, they always were. We forgot about it. And that's what put us in the situation we are. You know, you got people $20 copays who don't know how much their premiums are, who don't know what the cost of care is, who don't know anything. And we're asking them to get excited about us and fight for us somewhere. And all they got is a $20 copay. Where's the value in that? When they can go to the massage therapist for 95 bucks. But that's, uh, that's a whole nother discussion too. But it's, it's about understanding the customer once again. And Larry, are you seeing in Kentucky, and I know that you sort of travel all over the country as well. So are you seeing this as a trend perhaps of, of PTs dropping out of in-network and moving to more out-of-network or maybe even cash-based uh, practices, at least, at least in the private practice world? I see it as a blend, not a trend. Um, there are a number of practices and, you know, congratulations to them. They can have a completely cash-based practice. I'm jealous. Uh, I, I wish we could, but we have many locations and um, it's just not in our wheelhouse to go to a total cash. I, I have not seen a scalable number of location business in healthcare of any type, uh, traditional healthcare that's gone to an all cash base. What I see is a blend, which what I would consider even what Jerry offers is probably that, where he accepts out-of-network benefits. And um, uh, when that happens, you essentially become more consumer-oriented because you have to treat them like a consumer because more is coming out of their pocket, but there's still a third party in there somewhere, typically. So um, if your practice hasn't converted, you really need, whether you're cash-based or non-cash-based, you need to operate your practice as though it's 100% out of network, everybody's paying with every nickel and dime. Because if you try to differentiate between, this is a Medicare patient, <coughs> this is Cigna patient, oh, this is workers' comp, I'm happy, I'm sad, I'm depressed, I gotta do more paperwork, it, it makes for operating, it makes for an environment that is not only not fun, but the biggest disadvantage is to the patient. So you have to approach every patient, whether they're Medicare slash Medicaid or completely out of network cash, as though they were the same pair. Uh, from a from a caregiver standpoint, I'm not talking about from a back office standpoint, but from a caregiver standpoint. I have to unmute myself. Um, and so uh, Aaron had said, who's on his iPhone coming back from work, and I'm hoping that he's not driving, um, because he texted, um, when you talk about co-pays. PT, of course he has a private driver, Karen. Oh, he has a private he driver. Can, yeah, he, can afford a, he can afford a driver and a luxury car to get him to and from his clinic. Here. Got it, that's Aaron Burkett for people um, who are listening. He is on his phone listening. Um, listening on his drive home and somehow texting, but maybe he's got the old uh, Siri is texting for him, perhaps. Um, so Siri, it is Siri. 
Okay. So he had said, uh, when you talk about co-pays, to read the recent articles about Harvard and how their healthcare is changing and how upset they are about the increase in costs they have. So I haven't read this article. Larry, it sounds like you have. Um, <laughs> and obviously Aaron suggested this. So do you, what what is the synopsis if you... Well, I, I encourage you to read it, Karen. I'm glad to send it to you and you can post it. It's an article basically how Harvard has had to, again, this goes back to my first tenant, which is that healthcare prices have gone up for the, for the majority of us. And so they've had to pass that cost on to the Harvard professors and to their families in the form of co-pays and higher deductibles. Mm -hmm. The very health care that they have recommended and espoused is the way, the truth, and the light is now coming back to them in the form of higher deductibles, higher co-pays, and they're pissed. <laughs> and they're, and they're uh, uh, complaining about it, and it's caused somewhat of an uproar at Harvard. And it's exactly the, the very issues that uh, we, we chatted about, which is that you, it, the cost elements of healthcare have still not happened. So here's my good word, uh, here's my optimism. As good as we're doing in PT, and I know there's a whole group of naysayers out there that say we are not. Think of it when it comes around to the actual looking at cost benefit, efficacy plus cost effectiveness. Um, we're really positioned well. We're not there yet, obviously. And I think we're doing pretty good. I know there's people that don't think we are, and it's not good enough. Don't, don't take me the wrong way. But the cost element hasn't even been addressed yet, and we're doing where we are now. Once they start looking at that, both concurrent, which is what we're really finding, the work that uh, we've done with Jeff Hathaway and, um, and in, in the payer pilots, it's more the concurrent costs, surprisingly, than the downstream costs. No MRI needed. No specialty referral needed. You know, no uh, expensive, uh, you know, pharma pharmaceutical or polypharmacy intervention needed. Um, those concurrent costs, those frequent visits, is where a bulk of more savings is than we, we had realized. We've always believed that downstream cost was our savior. It's not. There is downstream savings cost. So when we get to that, that's why I'm so optimistic and so long and so um, long in terms from an investment standpoint on our profession. I, I, I really think we got, we got a good thing going here, but I, but that's the article and I, I highly recommend it. It's, it's, it's a fun article. And, you know, I think you had said this in the beginning about um, sort of both you and, and Jerry talked about sharing our value and sharing it with the customers and, and perhaps with physicians and with insurance companies. So, how can physical therapists as individuals, and then maybe how can we as a profession best share our value? I mean, I know as an individual, you share your value with each patient that's referred to you, and then they refer their mother, they refer their friends, word gets out, and so on and so forth from, a, from an individual standpoint, um, which is where I'm at because I, I, have, I do home health, so it's just me, so I don't have like you guys have sort of a larger, a larger um, but what what do you think we can do to, let's say as a profession, kind of get the word out about our about our value and our cost savings and and maybe to people who are not too keen to listen. Does that make sense? Uh. I'll keep it short and sweet. Everybody knows my bias on this. 
we have to learn how to sell. You got to read Daniel Pink's To Sell as Human. You got to read Tom Batchelder's Barking Up a Dead Horse. We got to learn how to sell. I, even all the great DPT students I love coming out of school now, they're so afraid to talk about, I, I've got PTs now who are afraid to ask people to go back and tell their doctor or to ask people to post something on Yelp. We have to learn how to sell. You get a group of PTs in the room, they'll talk about value till they're blue in the face. Put them outside and start talking to people on the street and they get uncomfortable. And so that's my thing and it ain't gonna change. Uh, with everything Larry brought up and with all the with all the data we got, it ain't gonna change until everybody learns how to talk to that customer across from them and get them to share the information. No one's gonna listen to us. I mean, never... is this something that you think should be instilled into a you know, um, program? Karen, I... Yeah, go ahead. Well, no, I, I, I'll pile on a little bit here. Um, okay. Because my answer, I think, would surprise a lot of folks, and it is very related to some of the, the items I think Jerry is really alluding to, and that is that we have plenty of data, we have plenty of logic, we have plenty of rationality. In fact, we probably have too much. What we don't have is enough emotional sales of to patients. Outcomes matter. That's what we sell. Outcomes matter. Our patients leave knowing they've been cared for, knowing they've been listened to, Know that knowing they have not been handled in the healthcare system, that they've had a chance to express their concerns, that they've been resolved. You know, the physical therapists' best skills and talents aren't their hands; it's it, it's their personalities, it's their ability, it's the soft and tangent and uh, you know what I call the soft skills, or the, the you know the tacit knowledge skills that that we really promote through call to care, and and that's what sells, um, and that's what's leading, I think, to, to the popularity. Um, People don't want to know our data and statistics. They want to know how they can feel after they've left us and does that help us in their next, in, the, in their recovery. They come to us because they recover faster and they recover better and more comprehensively. And that's where I think our profession is, is moving in a very good way because the criticism on physicians, New York Times this week had an article, Doctors Shut Up and Listen. If you haven't read that article, I think that's even more important than the Harvard article because it's really showing that um, the key ingredient is the, is the personalization of healthcare. And what we've done along the way is the depersonalization of healthcare. The, the person who suffers is the patient. They've gotten lost in healthcare reform. Yeah, and I think, I know I hear that from patients a lot is, well, I went to the doctor, well, they didn't really say anything or they, I only saw them for about two minutes. And usually you hear that, you know, you guys, it's like, wow, you know, you really listen and you sit down. And, and so I think you're right. I think it's patients want to hear more. They want to know how they're going to feel, how we're going to make them feel and how we're going to improve their lives versus the data behind our business or our outcome measures or, or what have you. I think they, it all comes down to how do we want our patient or our customer um, to feel after they leave us? Because if they feel good and they feel like they've had a positive experience and they feel like they were really cared for and taken care of, then they're going to um, share that. Right, Jerry, what do you, do you agree? Yeah, you know, so I've handled over, I've handled over 300 incoming new patient calls since mid-November. Not one patient, not one patient, not one 
Zero. Zero people. Over 300 calls has said, I call, because I track this. I track it on every stinking call. Not one patient has said, I'm calling you because I hear you get people better. Not one patient has said, I'm calling you because I hear your outcomes are great. Not one patient has called me to say, I'm calling to schedule with you because I hear you get people out quicker. Not a one. Not a one. It's all, well, my friend told me to come to you. Well, what did they say? They said Heather was a great therapist. Well, what do they, what do they mean? Well, she listened to them. And so it, by the time they say, and I got better, it, it's your 20 minutes in the conversation. So we need to understand again, we're circling back to said my, my wishes and my predictions for 15. Understand how to talk to the healthcare consumer. Understand how to talk to the people who need our services. And by the way, out of those 300 calls, greater than 50% had no stinking idea what physical therapy was. Greater than how many? One five or five zero? Five zero. Five zero. Greater than 50%? No idea. Mm-hmm. Never been. Can you tell me what's going to occur? And I say, sure. Right? And that's part of the value cell. We're back to Larry talking about that. That's ta- telling them, look, you're gonna, your PT is going to listen to you. Your goals are the most important thing to the therapist when you come here. You know, those are the conversations I have on the first call. I don't wait for them to get here. They have to understand their money being spent is on someone who's going to listen to them and put them first. I put up that slide at PPS this year. It said the greatest drug that exists today is, you know, is just the connection with another human being. And healthcare has forgotten that. And, you know, that is, I posted last night, is trust. I think trust is the, is the cure to healthcare in America. Saw a study that said when people trust their doctors, the, the, the cost of that course of care decreases. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I uh, well, 100% agree. And um, I feel bad TJ just got on the call, but we only have like three minutes left. So you just a little late, but you can watch it later. Um, yeah. Sorry, but thanks no, for joining. Okay. <laughs> I thought it was at 8.30. studying and becoming a real PT. Oh, yeah. I shouldn't say real. You already are a real PT. I well, say let's, a- let's give a plug for TJ. He writes a great column every once in a while on Medium. I love, I love reading it. <laughs> uh, it just reinforces how smart and great these new therapists are coming in. I know my generation likes to beat the hell out of them, but I'm just the opposite. I think they got it. And uh, they're coming in it for the right reasons. And uh, folks like TJ, who's in a leadership position within the student community, it's just, uh, it's just a wonderful thing to see. So let's, we'll sort of quickly wrap things up since TJ, since you are a student, so I'm going to put you on the spot here so you can unmute yourself. Um, <laughs> so since you are a student and you are graduating in May, am I correct? Um, yes, yes, very soon. So what do you feel, and, and from yourself, maybe what you're hearing from the student population, since you're sort of in that leadership position, what are students' wishes for the, for the PT profession? Um, you know what, I know, I know a lot of students are, um, at least the students that I'm currently surrounding myself with are, are in a good position, especially for the future of physical therapy, um, having so many people to look up to. Um, so there's, we've been able to connect with so many, um, physical therapists out there that kind of stand out among the rest and have been able to show us the path sort of to the future. So, um, I think that we have a pretty clear path in terms of where we want to continue to take the future of physical therapy. 
um, you know, we always want to keep innovation and, um, you know, fresh ideas continuously rolling. But I think that, you know, from you guys, uh, from the other um, amazing mentors that at least that I've ran across, um, I think the path is pretty much set for us. It's just for us to kind of continue and continue to create new ideas and um, always continue to put the patient first. So um, I think the future is very bright and I'm very excited. I can't wait to be a part of it. So um, yeah, I think that's what I see for the future. So. Well, thank you. Thank you very much. And sorry to put you on the spot when you just <laughs> were like two seconds ago. Um, and on that, we have like a minute left. So I'll just kind of hit to, to Jerry and Larry, if you have any closing thoughts that you'd like to get out in about 30 seconds or less. Jerry? I still say it's the best time ever to be a physical therapist this last year, year and a half, going into 15. Best time ever to be a physical therapist. The opportunities are greater than they've ever been. Larry? I predict that at the end of 2015, we'll be very thankful for the profession and where we are and where we sit with the consumer as their partner in healthcare. Great. And, and I guess I, I think that, again, I think as physical therapists for 2015, we're really positioned in an ideal spot to help a lot of clients, customers, patients, and to also kind of expand our role into other areas, fitness and consultations and things like that. So I think that's, that'll be um, a really interesting part of the PT profession this year. Um, and on, on that note, we are going to, uh, we're going to uh, close things up for tonight. But I just wanted to mention that um, tonight is, it's Tuesday. So tonight's also the hashtag solve PT chat. So if you really want to get a lot of PT in in one night, you can head over to Twitter. And that starts at 9 o'clock, so in less than a half an hour. And the topic for tonight's chat is how can we tip the scales to have a lot more self-referrals? And how do we persuade individuals in our communities to choose a physical therapist first? So I think it ties in pretty well with what we spoke about uh, tonight in our Sips with Jer Lair and Care talk. So everybody, thanks for joining us and have a great night.